Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover the personal journeys behind their work. Explore options from indie to traditional publishing and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. And every week, and sometimes more than once a week, I try to bring you interesting people in the field of writing. And our live today is no exception. I'm sure you're going to be amazed by my guest. She's an author, a speaker, and publisher. Her writing career began as a therapeutic journey after her infant daughter passed away at only two days old. Her debut book, Sunshine After the Storm, A Survival Guide for the Grieving Mother, launched an unexpected career in publishing and author coaching. And I want you to meet my guest. She's coming all the way from Columbia, South Carolina. I'm going to bring her on the screen. Meet Amanda Bigwarf. Amanda, come on down. Alexa, I've been calling you Amanda all week. <laughs> That's quite great. I even had to change it in my post. <laughs> So you're Amanda to me, I'm sorry. That's quite all right. Thank you so much. Normally, I give the disclaimer, if you have an Alexa, turn it off because it will start to go wild. There, see, there's a logic for me calling you Amanda. That's right. right. I, do, I do have an Alexa here. I'll just be careful not to put the hay with it. Yeah, exactly. So she doesn't start talking. That is correct. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, Alexa, it's so good. To have you here and um, we have a following of people all over who love to know about writing and when I saw some of your material pop up on my Facebook feed I was like oh my goodness this lady is doing some amazing things and she's going to be getting really busy in March so I would like to get her on the show early enough that anyone who's interested can take part in what you're doing and know all about it. But as I mentioned in my introduction, I wanted to begin with your story and the reason why you got involved with writing and coaching. And, and I wonder if you could just tell us a little more about that. Yes, I'll try to I'll try to give you the short version because it's quite a story. But um, the very, very uh, important details are that I, I actually have a background in counterterrorism and homeland security. And I was that was my career. I was an intel officer in the Air Force and um, writing was something I dreamed about. I loved to read as a child and I, I dreamed about being a writer. But by this point in time, it was no longer really on my agenda. And um, I left my job to be home with my my two children. And about a month after I quit my job, I found out that I was pregnant with identical twins. And um, it was a high risk pregnancy from the very beginning. And they developed what was called twin to twin transfusion syndrome. They were born 10 weeks early, nine and a half weeks early. And, um, and one of our girls, Catherine actually spelled exactly like you spell your name. Um, she passed, she just had entirely too many problems and she passed away two days after they were born. And I took to writing after that because I, I had a very difficult time expressing all of my emotions. And I think a lot of writers will understand that writing is such a tool for release, whether it's creating fantasy worlds or creating an escape from our realities. Um, I actually started blogging at the time. I was writing about grief and loss and having one baby in the hospital and one baby that was no longer with us. And um, after I was blogging for a while and saw how much impact my words were having on people, I decided that I wanted to 
put together a book or a resource for other moms who were going through this because I didn't find anything that really resonated with me. So I pulled together a lot of other um, moms and, and some dads and we put together Sunshine After the Storm, a survival guide for the grieving mother. But what I found was as I was going through that process, I rekindled my love of writing and my books and 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 kind of fell in love with the process of publishing and writing and decided to do more of it. So I, I published a second book. The next one was completely different. It was on parenting, lose the cape and um, lose the cape for moms, basically realities from busy modern moms. And um, after that point in time, people started asking me. They were noticing, you know, they're like, "Oh, I want to write a book. How did you do this?" And especially other grieving moms started coming to me and saying, "I'd really like to write my book." And it just kind of, I just kind of started a business out of it. <laughs> You know, Alexa, you're not the first author that I've spoken to that writing came out of a grieving mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so therapeutic. And, and even as writers who aren't particularly focused on that, it still is a therapeutic process to write and get things down on paper and out of the soul, mm -hmm. I think is, is one way to describe it. But it, it was a sad a sad journey, but I mean, you turned it into something amazing and and beautiful. And for so many people who have the opportunity to work with you or be touched by your energy and passion for what you do, I think it, it was amazing. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for being so brave to to move forward and to share share this story with us and, and just go. Well, it was it was an important thing for me too, because it gave me an outlet where I felt like I was keeping my daughter with me. I felt like she was giving me a vision of something that I could do and still keep her memory alive. And in fact, after I started working with other authors, I actually created Cat Biggie Press. Well, that was the imprint that I created for Sunshine After the Storm, but I started publishing some other um, some other authors under that name. And the cat was for Catherine and Biggie for Big Wharf, our last name. So she is with us every single day and everything that we do, which is, it's comforting. Beautiful. And actually, Alexa, seeing I was doing things with your name, I'm gonna go even further. Your last name, Big Wharf, here in Newfoundland, of course, we're surrounded by seashore and wharves and things like that. So up here, we call that Big Wharf. Oh, that's funny. Big Wharf. <laughs> well, you know, what's really funny is that my maiden name is Haddock, which is a fish. So <laughs> we call that Haddock. <laughs> and we call that Haddock. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's so funny. Sometimes where names come from, it, it really, it really, is but I just had to make that mention because it struck me kind of funny. Um, when you mention your imprint and, and that's where you publish, do you do you still continue to do that? Are you self publishing or tell us a little bit about that process for you? Yeah, so it's interesting. So um, at, you know, we evolved. That was seven eight years ago at this point in time when all of that kicked off, and and I did start bringing some um, authors under ours, and um, I kept having children's book authors come to me too, and I didn't feel like the children's books really fit under the umbrella of what became mostly women's empowerment type books, grief, loss, um, self-help, some some entrepreneur business books, types of things like that. So I wound up creating another imprint, um, Purple Butterfly Press for our children's books. So then I had two, and then those are both hybrid presses, which if the audience isn't familiar with hybrid, it's, um, it's, a, it's a partnership program where there are services for publication, but I act as a as a publisher. So we manage the book, we pay out royalties, we do. Um, I've worked very hard at learning the publishing industry so that I am acting a, as true to a publisher as I can. 
Um, and then I decided that I wanted to put my hat in the ring of traditional publishing. So I started Chrysalis Press and we have one author with Chrysalis Press. And let me tell you, it's hard work. It's hard work to build a traditional publishing house. So we're just sticking with her until we feel like we've gotten that down pat. But, um, you know, it, it, the the publishing industry, it's, it's, it's difficult to maneuver. It's difficult to be successful. There's, it requires a lot to put into it. So my main business remains Write, Publish, Sell, which is a boutique self-publishing assist um, place where people who want to self-publish, want to maintain the, the ultimate control, but they don't want to learn how to figure out all the things to, to go along with it. So they come to us and we produce their book for them. We get it published and put in the right places and do the things, which my knowledge as a publisher helps greatly. Um, but yeah, so the full spectrum basically where we have our hands kind of in it all. <laughs> Very interesting because I think that hybrid model you mentioned, and that's something that I actually did myself. Um, I would call it that more or less with Frisian Press. Mm -hmm. and you still maintain control of your material. Mm -hmm. They are very much, a, it's a very much a publishing experience. You work very much with them, but you do have your book and they, they publish it. Yours might be a little more of a, a coaching process than, than what Frisian offers. But this coaching process is really key because I noticed a statistic on your site that I think 81% of people say they want to write a book. And I believe that. I believe it would be because you never go anywhere that someone says, oh, yeah, I want to write a book. Right. But we know that saying it and doing it are two polar opposites they That's really true. really are and most people don't write it so right. you know as a coach and and with your with your um business what do you have to say about that and how do you help them along you know it's funny there's so much mindset that comes along with writing a book which is why i ultimately wrote ditch the fear and just write it because i see this over and over and over that it's the it's the fears that stop people from moving forward because they're thinking at the end objective oh my gosh this book and i have to market it and i have to do all these things and and or 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 the fear of what if nobody buys my book what if everybody hates me what if i get bad reviews like all of these things they play a large part in there so we spend what we try to do is we try to create an environment where we we do a lot of coaching we teach people as much as they need to know as much as they want to know and and set realistic expectations for them of what it looks like to be a first time author what it looks like to build an audience and and set really realistic expectations because so many people do think okay i'm going to publish my first book whether it's a nonfiction, fiction children's book whatever they just think it's a great book people are saying good things about it i'm going to publish and on launch day i'm going to sell a million copies and um, that's typically not the experience <laughs> nowhere near that so you know um we do spend a lot of time trying to really teach and help people understand the business of being an author, what it means, um, other income streams, why you need to be doing all these different things to make sure that you have readers, because if you don't have readers, you're not going to have sales. So um, I think I, I went a long way around that question. But basically, to answer that, you know, it to me, it's like anything else, education, awareness, knowledge of what you're doing, and, and, and making sure that people know that just because you've come to a professional to publish your book does not mean you're going to sell a 1000 copies, 10,000 copies hit the New York Times. I mean, there's so many elements that have to come together to make that happen. And yeah, yeah and it's, I think it's very daunting to people starting out. And that was one of the reasons 
for this show. I wanted to delve into these things, these, these roadblocks or ways that we can educate people on. Here's how you go about writing a book. Here are some of the tools you need. It is very much a business. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no question that it is. And you have some great tips on your website, which I believe is right. Publish. Uh, sell. You say it. Yeah. Right. Publish. Sell. We have, we have right. Publish. Co and right. Publish. Sell.com. We're trying to move to com, but our entire blog is still on co. So <laughs> I noticed that there's no M after. The M and I was <laughs> yes. Would. Well, but, the- um, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say it's a funny story beyond that, beyond behind that, because speaking of business and investing in all of those things, when I went to grab my domain, the dot com cost a thousand dollars. And um, I just at the beginning, I couldn't afford that. So I was on rightpublishsell.co until I got to the point where I was like, okay, my business is far enough long, along now. I need the dot com. I'm going to make that investment. <laughs> True enough. And it, those people who got out there and got their dot coms very early, it was a great thing to do. To do. Mm-hmm. Still, sort of that. I think dot com kind of speaks well. You've been around for a long time. That's the first thing we think. And it's <laughs> nice, nice to have that. It already sets up a, a thought in general. It's, it's just an association that some people make. But on your dot co, <laughs> there, there are some great tips there. And I encourage people to check that out. And one of them, seeing as I like to share some tips, I noticed that you said when people are writing a book and we're getting down to writing it, publishing it, and selling it, you can't start too early to develop that email list. Right. I have learned through talking to people that your email list is one of the most valuable things you can ever create. Always. And maybe talk a little bit about that. Yes. Well, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, as they say, or at least we say in the South. I don't know. <laughs> But that's one of the proof is in the pudding. Um, We see this immensely in the difference between our authors who have an existing email list and those who do not when we go into launches. And it's always our goal with a new author to help them build that email list up. But the reality is a lot of times we have to build it by giving the book away for free. So it could potentially diminish their sales on launch day. But when we have an author who comes in um, and they already have an existing email list for whatever reason, for their business, for as long as it's related to the topic of the book, if they've been building it, their sales are just so much higher. And um, we recently launched a book with with an author who had a an existing list and she had um, over 500 pre-orders of the print book. And we could directly tie that to her email list. So, I mean, there is a, there is a huge connection between that. And speaking of numbers, like 500 books may not seem like a lot to anyone who hasn't published yet, but I'm sure, you know, those who have been working to publish, you know, that, that it's, it's sometimes very, very, very difficult to, to sell in the hundreds of books at one time, especially with no list and no audience. Exactly. And and it's what you said, you think I'm going to write this book and all these people are going to buy it, but you have to get it out there. There's a lot of noise. There are mm-hmm. a lot of things going on and certainly thinking ahead and having the social media profiles mm-hmm. and working on many different levels. And do you, how do you feel about the social media? How do you, how important do you find that is? I think that social media is very important in building your um, your online persona, your brand, and making connections with people. But we just have not seen, in the majority of cases, there's always an exception, but in the majority of cases, we just have not seen that social media 
results necessarily directly in sales unless you have a huge audience and you're a huge influencer and people and the, you know and when you say do something they do it so in those cases it's really effective but when it comes to like the re- direct action that that result in book sales it's generally from the email list and marketing ads advertising and do you, well, I saw your ad on Facebook. <laughs> that's where I saw your ad. And we're going to talk about coming up the Women in Publishing Summit. But that's where I found out about you was through the ads. It was very interesting. And that's a big pit, too. If you don't know how to uh, how to adver- advertise strategically on social media, it doesn't yeah. take long for the money to burn up. Oh, mm-hmm. Facebook will uh, Facebook will spend your money faster than you can get it out there for them. I mean, they have no problems with that. And yes, I do invest significantly in the woman who runs my ads. And it's one of the best investments that I've made because she's so good at what she does and in her segmentation of audiences and identifying the right audiences and putting it out there. And um, that is one area that we have invested a lot in, but it has proven to be really, really fruitful for us to have ads showing up in front of the right people at the right time. Mm, interesting. Well, it worked. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you. You're a case of point. <laughs> you were in front of me. Now let's jump into the uh, Women in Publishing Summit because you started this and this is the third year and now it is, I don't think it was women until last year maybe, but anyway, I'm not going to tell the story. You sure. are so taking away, Alexa. So yeah, one of the, I love teaching. I really, I, I love sharing my, just like you are doing here. I love sharing what I'm learning and what I'm finding out about. And um, when I was looking at different business models and how I could do things a few years ago, it's been six years now. Um, I saw the, 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 the summit model was really coming up about six, seven years ago. And I thought, what a genius way to bring together a whole bunch of different people to speak on a topic and to share their knowledge at a, at a very low, if any investment, um, we were free for the first five years. This is the first time we've shifted into a paid conference, but we're giving more to our attendees. So, um, Anyway, that's a different story. But I, I decided, you know, six years ago, okay, I want to do this too. So I pulled together a bunch of people who were talking on the topics. The first year was wild because I didn't have an identified audience. So it was basically like anybody who wants to write anything, bloggers, writers, authors, nonfiction, fiction, like just all over the place. And it was very untargeted, but it was it was good. We had 80 speakers. It was a lot of great information. Um, but it gave me a really segmented audience. And then the next year, I my dad was um, very, very ill and I was one of his primary um, caregivers. So I had to back way off, we, but I didn't want to give up. I wanted to continue you know, doing this. So we did a much, much, much smaller conference. And then I was watching a bunch of other conferences similar to mine after that timeframe. And I started to notice there's no women there's no women and there's no diversity. I'm watching all these interviews and it's white men. And if there was a panel, there might be one lady on one woman on the panel and I'm, and, and, and she was generally white. And I was thinking, wow, I'm working with all these women that are so diverse all the time. Why aren't they showing up here? So um, as luck would have it in 2017, I started making that transition after the 2017 one. And I decided in 2018 to brand solely under the Women in Publishing Summit. And then in that, in October 2018, um, no one remembers better than I do, the Me Too movement kicked off right after we started <laughs> doing publicity for the Women in Publishing Summit. And I was like, well, I couldn't have asked for better timing on that. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so this is the third, is this the third or fourth year? 
I can't even remember anymore. I think this is our maybe our fourth year as the Women in Publishing Summit. Um, but yeah, it's just been it's been phenomenal. The 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 experience is around community, and our tagline is empower, encourage, support. So not only are we teaching each other, but we're bringing forward resources from women across all kinds of different backgrounds who are helping us with with everything from mindset, as I mentioned, that's usually huge, to marketing, to all the things about production, editing, writing. Um, to a full day on business stuff, like the business of being an author, the tools you need to grow your business as a writer. And um, it's it's just awesome. I love it. Well, and, and Alexa, that's why I've wanted to get you on right away, because I wanted for people to have time to find out about this, to look at it, and possibly if they want to attend, then they can. It's coming up from March 1st to the 8th of well, 2021. Um, so right now you have an early bird launch, but we won't go. We kind of won't go into that. But people can go online. I've put the uh, the website up here on the screen, and um, they can go in. And is there a point where you cut off, or you know, it's virtual? So what are your guidelines? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, the price will go up the last day of February, and it starts um, creeping up a little bit that week. Um, but the first two days are it's all pre-recorded content. So people could easily join us on day three and day four and not have missed out too much. But obviously it's better if you come in on the beginning. And the question that we've been getting asked a lot is, well, five days is a long time. You know, when are, when are the things, when are the main things happening? What happens if I can't be there live? What if I work a job? So Thursday and Friday, we have three or four different live events happening throughout the day and we're going to be doing some sprinting and some, you know, um, meeting with the office hours with the speakers. And, um, I have a couple of at least one agent I'm hoping to, um, line up at least one more who will come in and for people who are looking to work with an agent, you know, have some of those activities going on, but everything is recorded. The majority of our presentations are pre-recorded and that way people can come in and they can access on their own schedules and they'll have access for six months to all the, all the content. So um, we have three tracks and it'll be organized by track. So if you're a children's book writer, you can easily find the things that are for children's book, but, but everybody gains access to everything because there's a lot of content that'll be happening in the other um, in the other tracks that may not be directly re relevant if you're a fiction writer or nonfiction writer, but concepts are the same, even if the genre is different a lot of times. So we give access to everybody to everything. Excellent. And really, I like the fact that you have a deadline at the end of it, because I find if there's not mm -hmm. some sort of into something people are always saying oh well i'll get that done i'll get that done i'll get that done it's exactly no. why we did it in the past we gave lifetime access and when i was reviewing the numbers like half the people never even watched the majority of the content so i was like you know what it's not doing its job if we're not making you feel the er the pressure to go in and watch these <laughs> Absolutely. And do you find, because I feel like, you know, with everything that's happened and changed this year, but the virtual virtual platforms are amazing because you can have people virtually from anywhere mm -hmm. taking part mm -hmm. and also presenting. You know, you started virtually, though, didn't you, right from the get-go? Yes, yes. So we were actually ahead of the power curve. I, I was laughing yeah. the other day with my team. I was like, normally I'm a day late and a dollar short, but I'm what's with the cliches today? I don't know. They're all over the place. But this right. this time I was actually one of the leaders, and and I'm and you know we had just just wrapped up our conference last year when um, the world shut down, so it was <laughs> again timing was on my side on that one. But 
But, you know, it's been it's been helpful, though, because even even so, there were still a lot of people who didn't quite understand the nature of an online conference and an online experience. And if nothing else, this last year has trained everybody about online experiences, about using Zoom, about all of these things. So it's definitely making it easier for people. And people are at home and are thinking, well, I may as well, you know, learn some stuff while I'm sitting here. Exactly. And you're so right about that. So many people have jumped online and these things are second nature now. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I've been having a lot of fun producing videos to help people with online presentations and going live and to get over the fear of actually going out there. So, you know, it's wonderful that it's available. And that's where I I thought, well, it's certainly uh, available to people here in Canada as well. So we may as well have you on and let them know. We have a lot of Canadians in our audience. I think it's fantastic. We really do. And and it's good. It's really good to have um, the, the diversity of, we have people from all over the world, um, but the diversity is great because not everything is the same. I mean, in Canada, you guys don't mm-hmm. have to buy um, ISBNs when you're self-publishing. That's awesome. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that difference. That's interesting. There's a lot of small, subtle differences like that, that it's great to have. I know the U.S. and I know a bit about the U.K. because of some of my connections in the U.K. And now I know a lot about Canada because of the authors that I've worked in there. But there's still times where I, I have a couple writer friends in Canada that I'm always sending them questions like, oh, somebody just asked me about filing a copyright. I have no idea. <laughs> it's true there's a like it just seems like the more you get into writing the more that you figure like oh i have to know this i have to know yes. that. And that's certainly an advantage of working with people who know what they're doing who know what to bring to your attention yes. and of course publishers can do that but so can people like you are there many coaches like you in canada or do you are you in any kind of a network that's a good question you know i don't know too many um too many hybrid publishers in canada um, or or author, but I'm sure they exist. I'm sure they exist. I've been so head down in my own survival the last year or two that <laughs> I'm sure they exist. But one of the cool things about our conference, though, is that it does bring in a bunch of other people like that. And we find we're putting together a directory of everyone because there are so many service providers that make such wonderful connections Um for all of the attendees and for all of the other speakers too, because um, we all need, I need support as I'm publishing authors. I need, you know, graphic designers. I need other people who can do marketing. I need all these other things. Um, so it's nice to, to provide a forum where we can all come together and share our experience and knowledge and resources and, and connect people, awesome. connect people to people okay. we can trust. Trust is a very important word there. Mm-hmm. People like to do business with who they know, like, and trust. That's exactly and right. Huge. Well, thank you so much for, for taking this on in your yes. career and doing it and offering it. It's just amazing. And I'm so glad that I had a chance to talk with you. I'm just going to put the uh, name of your other book back up on the screen here, Ditch the Fear, and just write it in case anyone has fear there of the, of the written word. And very quickly before we wrap, you may want to say a word about that book. Yeah, well, the the important thing to note is that I wrote this with entrepreneurs in mind who were looking to build um, their business with their book and had all these mindset blocks around it. So it is very heavily geared towards um, things that like if you're already creating content, if you're already doing those things, but the mindset stuff and it gives like daily exercises and things like that that um, um, could be applicable, could be applicable, but it is definitely geared towards um, nonfiction writers and entrepreneurs 
Okay, well, good to know. And thank you so much again, Alexa. Yeah, thank <laughs> I'm you. Go thank you so much. And best of luck with the conference coming up. And people can go to your site, which is right, publishandsell.co. Yep, but head over to womeninpublishingsummit.com first because there's resources for everybody. And if I can throw one last plug out there, because we do have a large fiction community as well, um, we have a romance uh, writers webinar coming up this month. So you can find all of those free webinars at womeninpublishingsummit.com forward slash events. Excellent. And I may take that one in because that's what I, I, I write and love. And we'll, well, have have to, have- we'll have to have you on too. <laughs> that sometimes. Well, you have a great rest of your day down there in South Carolina, which is a little bit more temperate, although it's lovely here right now as well. Thank and you thank you so much, much for, for being a part of Let's Get Writing. And to everyone out there, check out our shows on Catherine Taylor TV, all kinds of interviews and authors that you can enjoy. Have a great day, Alexa. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.